Hello, my friends. Welcome to today's episode of Daily Musings. Delisha here. Hope you guys are doing well. So I'm back in podcast format because I wanted to share some fun tidbits from a fun series of books that I've been reading. And if you've been following these podcasts, you probably already know that I'm in the I'm in the thick of the Charlotte Mason series. She was a woman who lived in the early 1900s and wrote extensively about childhood education. And she also had basically like she trained teachers and and things like that and had a school of her own and, and all that good stuff. So I'm a big fan of her philosophies and her writing. I just find these books to be treasure troves of really useful information that isn't just related to children. One case in point example of this is book four, and she titled book four ourselves. And it's a departure from the first three books because it's not about teaching. It's not about education. It's about character. It's about how the the mind works and the heart works and how to be a better person, how to have a better character. And one really cool thing about this book is that the first half of it was written with a nine or 10 year old in mind. So it's actually very easy to read, um, still more complex than you would expect a nine and 10 year old to be able to read now. But it's, it's, it's simple, it's imagery rich, and I find it really practical. It's a almost you could interpret it as like a guide to good living. And, you know, with a a British 1900s kind of twist to it, of course. So what I'm going to be doing in the next few episodes is going over. um, So so she splits. Okay, let's let's start from the beginning. So she is going entirely on metaphor and she's calling the soul of a human being basically a kingdom, uh, the kingdom of man soul, um, woman soul. Basically, just to imagine that we are each in and of ourselves a vast kingdom full of many twists and turns and beautiful places and dark places and things like that. And then she separates it into four chambers. So the four chambers being body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm going to mainly be talking about minds and heart because I think that there's some just interesting observations on what makes a strong mind, what makes a strong heart, um, and and so on. Body was a little bit of a smaller uh, section of the book. And then soul, oh boy, maybe we'll tackle that. Um, From her perspective, which is a Christian one, it's it's fairly religious. And I do also think that there are some good takeaways from from that section, but it's a little bit more dense. So um, that part was not written for children. (laughs) It was written for regular adults. So anyway, the house of the mind. Um, Just to give you a quick overview about where we're going today, she talks about the intellect and compares the intellect to a foreign secretary, which I think is clever. I think it's a clever, um, if if you're going for like a government metaphor, um, then I suppose intellect and foreign secretary makes makes a lot of sense. Um, Another area we're going to be talking about is what she calls my Lord Chief Explorer, which is the imagination. And of course, the imagination is key when it comes to um, any intellectual exploration, be it science, um, philosophy, and so on. And then we have my Lord Chief Attorney General, Reason. Attorney General, of course, fits quite well with Reason. Reason and imagination are both uh, critical points of of intellect. Reason, we would obviously think that um, is a little bit more obvious than, say, imagination, because if you think about the reason involved in uh, mathematics or science or things, um, that's kind of a a given. And then finally, we'll talk about the the desires and and how... um, there are desires within us for 
certain things such as the desire for knowledge, um, desire of power, and so on, that are the things that prompt, prompt us to better ourselves, to develop our intellect. And these desires are very good things, but they can also have a dark side if the desire is overblown. And in fact, pretty much everything I'll be talking about today has a dark side. So the beauty sense, the aesthetic sense is an example where we have uh, like, obviously we want to be pleased by the world around us. When we enjoy a waterfall or a sunset or things and it, it, it touches us inside of our hearts, this is um, a really lovely thing. This is what makes life um, life wonderful is, is the beauty inherent within it. But you go too far in that direction, it becomes hedonistic and life simply becomes the pursuit of, of pleasure. So um, it's very... Uh, she's a very balanced and this is where it feels very British to me um, in, in her approach talking about the, the, the demons or the demons of, of each aspect. But anyway, um, when we're talking about the intellect, um, there's a few different areas. So science, for example, we have science, history, math, philosophy, literature, and then beauty sense, which is weaved in throughout all of these and, and within art and stuff as well. Basically, um, the takeaway is that don't let your head be so full of, you know, uh, you know, if you're really into soccer, the next soccer game, or if you're really into collecting stamps. <laughs> Does anyone do that anywhere? Uh, maybe people do. I'd love to know if you collect stamps, please email me. Um, I'd love to hear about it. But don't let your head be so full of any one particular pursuit or aim or um, pleasure to the exclusion of other things. You see this when people will, I, I see this in piano. So there are people who will practice piano for eight hours a day to the exclusion of other things that make life worth living and things that make life enjoyable, such as um, reading and spending time with family and all these other things. So we never really, it's it's unbalanced to spend too much of one's at attention. You know, like say you're really into soccer and you're always thinking about the next soccer game and you're always like comparing soccer stats. I know nothing about soccer, you guys. Um, then that's going to be blocking you from thinking other thoughts that could improve your your intellect or your um, general character. So little cautionary thing she throws out there. Science, she's very science uh enthusiastic. She's very uh, naturalistic in particular. She's a big fan of children spending lots of time in the natural world and knowing the names of things. So when it comes to science, she says that people who walk in this particular province are always discovering new delightful things and understanding how the parts make up the whole. And imagination is a really big part of science. It's it's intellect's colleague. It, it travels with you. She talks about how history with history, we are able to make acquaintance with many people in the past who were noble and great and terrible. And this gives us something to aspire for. It's like if we listen to a fascinating autobiography and or a biography and it it boosts us up. We want to uh, emulate these um, wonderful characters. And we definitely want to avoid being like the more infamous type characters. Imagination comes along here too, because if you're exploring anything historical, then you want to be able to really imagine what it's like to live in a different time, live in different shoes with different responsibilities and a different lot in life. Um, then we have mathematics, which is, uh, she describes as a mountainous region. It, uh, we're braced by effort and satisfied with truth. Reason, of course, is often the comrade of mathematics. And then 
philosophy is different because in math, we have firm footholds when we're, we're climbing these mountains. It's not a dangerous mountain because there's clear steps. With philosophy, the road is unclear. Maybe it's a little bit more of like a misty path, but it's very delightful traveling. And literature is one of her favorite aspects to talk about, where imagination and beauty sense come along for the ride. This is this is where it, we get some of the same things we get from history. We get to live inside other people's minds. Literature gives us the opportunity to um, not only enjoy beautiful words and thoughts and ideas, but really explore life from different people's lenses and through the lens of story, which is how we honestly learn the best. I've probably learned, well, I shouldn't say this, but I I think a lot of us learn a lot more about life from literature than any particular nonfiction. I think it informs our character in a very real way for those of us who spend a lot of time reading. And then beauty sense. Um, Imagination comes along here and the eye and the ear. There are few joys in life greater than that of beauty. Although what beauty is, and this is interesting, is impossible to define. As soon as you could come up with a list of rules for something that's beautiful, then you've you've lost the beauty because there's a certain wildness in it, right? Um, beauty can be found in nature and in arts. The the demon, so the downside of beauty or over-focusing on it is exclusiveness. So Beauty becomes so joyful that nothing else in life is necessary for happiness. This is basically just pleasure seeking. Um, he can't, like a person can't tolerate things that are unlovely. So maybe they avoid things in life that are unlovely, things that are unpleasant to contemplate or think about. This is the person who um, avoids thinking about poverty and such. But happiness comes of effort, service, wide interests, and last and least of enjoyment. So what we often do is put enjoyment in the first place, that the most important thing in this life is to um, is to experience beauty and uh, enjoyment for ourselves. And it's not that that isn't important. I think that I think that's pretty critical. But effort, service, wide interests coming first feels about accurate. Um, and just to make sure things are staying in their proper place. So a few, a few demons of intellect, one of them being sloth and inertia. So, you know, this could be an example of when you're only concerning yourself with smaller matters or you're just inertia would be, you're not interested by things. Things aren't catching your interest. You're just kind of, um, uh, I don't know, doing what you need to do, but your mind isn't sparked by any ideas. Another one would be habit. So this is where you're, if you're in school, you're just going through your lessons without actually thinking about them. You're just passing the assignments, but you're not actually contemplating or spending time with your own ideas, interacting with the ideas presented by the, the lecturer or the author. Um, this is where you go through your days just doing the things that need to be done without actually turning on your mind. Um, another demand of intellect, which we already kind of talked about, is getting stuck in one field. So if you're a scientist, then, you know, this is the person who's a scientist to the exclusion of all else that they have no no other interest aside from science. And this is this is when you get like, you know, the really is it, it, okay, let's be careful here because there's people who um, devote their lives to something um, and accomplish great things and are very happy. However, um, we want to keep in mind, and Charlotte Mason really does uh, proof of Renaissance souls. So people like Da Vinci, who is a genius at a wide variety of things, not limited to just one aspect. Uh, she thinks that tends to make for most of us a happier character when we have lots of breadth in our interests. 
it's our it's our business essentially as a human to know all we can about art and nature and literature or the past and the present and this is how we become greater people not just by doing the the same thing all the time and one thing that i connect to with this as well is i find that by i talked about this recently but by reading and studying things in a wide variety of of fields and i i'm a baby in this by the way i have a lot of a lot of learning to do. I never went to college or anything like that. So I'm kind of just figuring this out as I go. Um, but it enables me to make connections that I, I think you would be lacking for if you were just focused in one niche area. So things that I read in philosophy, I bring into piano lessons. Things that I read in personal development, I bring into parenting. And things that I read in childhood education, I bring to uh, the character growth. And, and all the all these different areas, even though they're they're, they are different disciplines, connect in different ways and can, you know, studying music can improve your artwork or studying science can improve your, I don't know, teaching or whatever it is. Like different different fields can give you new ideas. And I think I wholly agree with this approach. Now, since I've been going on at length already, I'm going to talk in tomorrow's episode about the imagination and essentially just the demons of imagination. And I'm also going to be talking about reason and the demons of reason, as well as getting into the the mental desires and how the desires um, born within us enable us to discipline our intellect, but it can also lead us to become like runaway trains. So I want to keep exploring this conversation, but I also want to be mindful of the time and not keep you too long. So hope you'll come back and hang out with me tomorrow. Bye guys.